Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. So there's a huge fight that is underway in the United States towards technology companies. And Google is the newest one in the docket. Justice Department has filed a massive antitrust lawsuit against Google. It's going to be a lot of state involvement in this as well. And the reason that the feds are going after Google and may in fact go after Facebook, Apple, Amazon, and there'll be various actions against these four companies around the world, because these are all uh, firms that do business around the world that are all under a microscope, because in various phases of the digital economy, they have become either dominant or to the point that they're sucking all the oxygen out of the possibility of competition. So Google has been sued because of their power in search, their power in advertising, their power with uh, the Android operating system that even though Apple is so powerful in the United States with iPhones around the world, Google's Android system controls, I think it's 88% of the market. And so the idea is that Google having so much power, I mean, even Google Chrome, Chrome is gigantic. One estimate I saw recently is that they control three quarters of the browsers in the world. And you've got YouTube that dominates video online. Think about Google Maps, how nothing really has challenged it. The only thing that really did was Waze. So Google went and bought that. So the courts are going to you know, deal with this here in the United States and Europe and around the world with Google's issues. We've talked about Apple, lots of legal actions against Apple around the world, about how they control their store. Uh, how Apple uses iMessage to create a network effect, Amazon um, conspiring against its own marketplace sellers, figuring out what sells, and then copying their products allegedly and putting them uh, up in competition with people who were under their own roof as part of the Amazon marketplace. And then Facebook, uh, the big mistake if you think of it in terms of antitrust terms was Facebook being able to acquire Instagram and WhatsApp and be able to use those for what is referred to as network effect as well. And that is an issue with all four of these. And if you go way back though, and this is why it's not clear 
the role of government antitrust here or overseas with any of these behemoths. I remember way back, uh, way back machine, when IBM was considered to be, by many people, the most evil enterprise in the world and had a monopoly on so much of computing power in the world. And the government filed this, uh, it was landmark, legendary antitrust action against IBM that basically fizzled into nothingness because the marketplace eventually took care of IBM. Then later, uh, government actions against Microsoft for market dominance again. And the reality is, you don't know with technology firms when out of nowhere somebody comes up with a better way to do things that takes what looks like an impenetrable fortress of what's known as network effect and blows it to smithereens or reduces its power in the marketplace. So I don't know um, how all this will work out with all the various governmental and uh, legal actions around the world, but it is true that at this moment, these four companies have too much power in the sectors that they're in. The question is, does the marketplace take care of it in a reasonable period of time, or is there really a role for government? I'm not smart, smart enough to tell you, and I know when I railed against the Apple, um, the whole App Store thing with Apple, with Apple extracting this mandatory toll bridge from other apps, including those it directly competes with, taking 30% of the action. There's no negotiation. Apple imposes the terms that I was very upset about that and that I thought it was an antitrust violation. And then there were so many posts to Clark Stinks at Clark.com slash Clark Stinks saying, wait, 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 where's free market Clark here? And the truth is, I don't really know. I mean, if you're looking from me for, yes, Google is doing evil stuff and must be punished, or any of these technology behemoths, I don't know if it's best to let the marketplace discipline them or if there is a role for antitrust law. And ultimately, the courts will argue about this for a long, long time. Speaking of time, it's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns. And Kim, it's your turn. All right. This is from Greg in California. And Greg says, Clark, I just heard you talk about the Robin Hood hack. Thank you for letting us know. But I didn't hear you say what to do if I have an account with them. And I do. Should I close my account, change my password? What is your guru advice? Well, my guru advice on Robinhood is that if you're doing big money trading on Robinhood, kick them to the curb and go to somebody else. Because the problems at Robinhood, uh, there doesn't seem to be an urgency in the culture at Robinhood to fix the problems there with lack of ability to reach a human. Um, the controls don't seem to be in place to do anything about the hackers. 
that have invaded Robinhood accounts and white people's accounts out. And so if you have a small account with Robinhood that's a play money kind of account that does not have a lot of money at stake, and Robinhood has been a very innovative, good idea and great platform, keep playing along with it. But if it's serious money of yours that really matters to you, the change that Robinhood's brought in the marketplace is pretty much everybody else among the discounters now offer free trading as well, but a lot more robust platform. And several offer explicit guarantees that they protect your account and your money from hackers. So till Robinhood gets its act together, it can be dangerous for you unless it is small amounts of money you have in there. Joel? Clark Brandon in Texas says, I'm interested in solar, but Clark, do you see any technological breakthroughs coming in the near future to help make solar energy a better investment? Wonderful question. So solar has been on a steady trend line where the cost of solar effectively per kilowatt is 85, 88% cheaper than it was just a decade ago. And there's no reason to think that it's not going to continue on a trend line of steadily lower costs per kilowatt hour generated. There's also new methods of installation because a lot of the cost for home solar is the cost of the installation, not the panels themselves. There are steady improvements that lower the cost of doing those installations. The cheapest of all is if you have any land that panels can face the southern exposure, that the posts can sit on the ground instead of on a roof. That's a much cheaper installation. And then the breakthrough you're alluding to is batteries. When you're able to put in battery connections to your solar panels, it gives you much more control over the excess power that your panels generate when the sun's shining the brightest to provide electricity for you at night. So in much of the country, we're there already with solar making sense, but it just depends where you live and how much sunshine there is, whether it makes sense and whether there are any state or local subsidies as well. Kim? Joseph in New York says, my wife is a teacher and her retirement plan is in a 403B. And I know you are not shy about your feelings on 403B plans. So I'm looking it over and I'm trying to locate the fees and charges that you reference on the show. But could you be more specific for me? What fees and charges are the ripoffs in 403B plans? And can you give a comparison of what the fees and charges should be from a non-403B plan? Sure. First of all, you have an immediate issue with 403B plans that the insurers are hostile to giving clear disclosure of the expenses. But to give you an idea, a typical 403B plan will have all-in expenses that will range from 1.5% of the money you have to 4% of the money you have. 401Ks, on the other hand, will have all-in expenses of one-tenth of 1% to half a percent for a really good plan or for a typical mid-sized to large company plan. So someone who works for an uh, educational institution, a nonprofit or a hospital can end up with expenses that are many, many, many times 
what somebody pays in a 403B. The insurer, if you call them, must disclose to you all the costs involved with the 403B. But there will be uh, various insurance company charges, expense ratios, and once they disclose all those, that's when you'll find out how frightfully expensive the 403B plan is. Uh, I can tell you, though, that if a plan is with TIA, TIAA, or with Fidelity Investments, odds are the fees will be on the lower side, but not as cheap typically as a good 401k plan. Joel? Clark Ann in New York says, recently we had some issues with our home's freezer, and although in the end we were able to repair it, I did some scouting for a replacement just in case. I was surprised at the time to find no one had freezers in stock for purchase. Then I went shopping for uh, a full-size refrigerator freezers um, to be used at my place of work, and I also hit a wall. So, And it turns out the earliest any model was expected to be back in stock was January. So what's up with the appliance supply chain? Coronavirus. People, when they went into stocking up mode back in the spring, created a massive shortage for refrigerators and freezers that doesn't look like it's going to really get back to normal inventories till probably March or April from what I've been reading. So it's going to take a while to rebuild inventories. And in the meantime, the cost of what does come available is full retail plus. But this is temporary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. And David, uh, you lost your dad recently. Is that right? Yes, Clark, we did. My sympathies to you and any of your other family members that are grieving. Thank you very much. How may I be of service to you in this difficult time for yourself and your family? My brothers and I are trying to decide what to do with my father's house. Um, I was considering purchasing the house from my brothers and using it as a rental property, but I wasn't quite sure of the best way to evaluate this and I could use your advice. So one thing you do is you take the value of the house versus the rent you think that house can generate. So uh, there's a value you'll establish uh, many times in a case like this, you and your brothers would hire an appraiser you agree to and that appraiser would come up with a value for the home. But if you were to just take a stab at it, what would you guess your late father's home's worth? Probably about $250,000. And what do you think is realistic you can get in rent each month from a tenant for that property based on conditions in the area where the property is? Yeah, so I've called a few real realtors, and I think I can get between... Uh, $1,200 and $1,500 a month. Okay, so that does not make a good rental property situation. You really? want to be able to get the equivalent of about 1% of the value of the property in rent each month. 
and you'd be half that or a little more than half that. So unless, in this case, there could be a sentimental reason you'd like to hold on to your dad's house, and there's nothing at all wrong with that if it's sentimental, but if it's just a question about whether or not it would make sense for you to uh, buy out your brother's and own this as a rental property, at those kind of numbers, it would make more sense for the three of you just to sell it and you take your share of proceeds. And if you want to own a rental property, it would not make it would make more sense to find one that the economics work better as a rental. Does that make sense to you? It, it, it does. It does. Yeah, I was considering renting it until... Um, um, for about 10 years until I can retire because it's in Rhode Island near the ocean. So I could use it as a summer home then. So again, that's a sentimental decision, not a financial one necessarily. If it would be really cool to live in your late father's house later on when you'd have a place uh, near the ocean, that is a different than financial decision. So, uh, what do you think you do now based on knowing just from a numbers standpoint, it would not make sense to do? Well, I like uh, following the numbers. So based on that, I, I'll probably pass on the opportunity. And then later, if you do want a place in Rhode Island, at, uh, you know, at the ocean, you buy one at that point, but not now because as a placeholder for 10 years, having something that the return on investment just isn't mathematically the best um, would not make the greatest decision. And best to you and your brothers. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our website's clark.com and clarkdeals.com. So this is a difficult topic for me to bring up because we've been through so much this year uh, health-wise and with the U.S. economy. And in many places in the United States, the economy has had decent uh, partial recoveries where employment has gotten better, uh, still at historically uncomfortable numbers of unemployed in certain sectors have been doing actually quite fine. You think of uh, big retailers, online selling, housing, um, parts of the medical field have been doing fine. And then other areas have been just suffering mightily. But here's the problem. Over the last few weeks, the U.S. economy has started running out of gas. We have seen it with initial claims for unemployment. The number of people whose temporary unemployment has now gone permanent. The number of people being hired. And it looks like it's possible that we could start seeing the number of people, the actual unemployment headline number, start rising again. And that's why there's been these off-again, on-again, off-again, on-again um, discussions in political Washington about doing uh, various forms of stimulus 
for the economy. And this is something that is really, really distressing. And then there's people who really don't take coronavirus seriously and are living their lives in essentially a pre-pandemic way. And then there are others who take it extremely seriously, who, as the number of cases has been rising a lot in recent weeks, have pulled back on their activities that would lead to money filtering into the economy. And they're going more into kind of like uh, March-April mentality in what they're doing. So this is a real question mark phase that we're going into. Um, Open Table, which tracks restaurant bookings, has found uh, in a report on Bloomberg, Open Table said that bookings are declining again for making reservations at restaurants. And bookings now are 40-some-odd percent below a year ago for restaurants. So you're going to see that we have to attack this two ways. One from the health side and the other from uh, bringing some money into the economy and a fourth stimulus package. But ultimately, the real recovery in the economy is clearly going to not take place until the public feels overwhelmingly safe. And that's really going to depend, it looks like, on a vaccine. And that will be something that I think you'll see a whole different feeling about our society a year from right now than where we are today. But it's going to be a bumpy road for a while from here to a year from now. So one thing I would say, be careful spending money right now. If you have cash, preserve it and be prepared for the uncertainty that the economy is likely to show us for a while. For people who are unemployed, this has been a terrible, terrible episode in your life, no fault of your own. And I know it has been brutal in so many phases of your life. And I don't know for real how things will end up playing in Washington and what ultimate relief may be there for you uh, sooner or later. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And Kim, after that very sober note, it is your turn. All right. Well, we're just going to go in a different direction. And this is from Troy in Minnesota. And Troy says, we have five people on our phone plan with one of the big three cell phone companies. My son-in-law is one of them. He's being activated in the Army Guard and he'll be going overseas for about 15 months. Is there a good, aka cheap, way for him to be able to connect with our daughter and his family while overseas, either by using his cell phone or by using a computer? We're assuming, of course, that he will have internet slash Wi-Fi access. Okay, first of all, thank him very much for his service to our country. I'm grateful to him for that. Second, um, it will be amazingly easy 
to stay in touch, stay in contact. Um, Kim, does it say in there what country? It does not. Okay. So um, if you are on a T-Mobile family plan, it is ultra easy for him to stay in touch. And it may even be a good idea to switch before he deploys. The reason is T-Mobile gives on several of its plans unlimited data outside the United States. And uh, on one plan in particular gives uh, much higher speed data. It would allow to use what are called OTT services, like WhatsApp that I mentioned earlier um, is just one example, but there are many of these. Viber is one that I use frequently that allows for voice calls, video calls, and the rest. If you are um, an Android and iPhone family mix, Duo allows for free video and audio calls across platforms. If you're iPhone only, then certainly uh, you've got iMessage, and then you've got the video capability with FaceTime that is offered through the iPhones. And whether Wi-Fi is available or not with T-Mobile, that will all be free. Joel? Clark Terry in Illinois says, here's my dilemma. We bought a home in April and are trying to pay off this mortgage ASAP. I send an extra $500 per month, a separate electronic payment, and I make occasional other extra payments. The problem is that when I send payments marked principal curtailment, which is their term, the lender is very slow to apply the funds to my mortgage. I recently sent an electronic principal curtailment of $10,000, and that curtailment was not applied to my loan until 10 days after the funds cleared my bank. 10 days on a $200,000 mortgage can add up to a significant amount. Is this legal? Is there any way I can get them to apply principal payments as quickly as monthly payments? Okay, wonderful question, and let me put your mind at ease. Because unless the payment kicks over, the additional principal payment kicks over into a following month, mortgage interest, with very rare exceptions in the United States, is calculated monthly instead of daily. As an example, if you had a vehicle loan where interest typically is calculated daily, a delay in applying that payment would have significant consequences for you. As long as the additional principal payment is being uh, applied within the same calendar month and is reflected properly as a prepayment of principal, it should not make any meaningful difference in what balance you have and reflects and what interest would be charged on that loan. Um, Again, if your loan has any form of daily interest calculation, then I'm flat out wrong. And in that case, you file a complaint with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau at consumerfinance.gov against your loan servicer for failure to apply payments in a timely fashion. Kim? Doreen in Georgia wants to know, how do I find help or learn how to file for bankruptcy? I'm very sorry that you are at a point where bankruptcy seems like your best option. Before you proceed with that, I would like you please to talk with a counselor and an affiliate of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. You can find one by putting in your zip code 
at nfcc.org. And they can look at your finances, your overall picture, and if they feel that they cannot be an advocate working with you about your debts, they will tell you you need to refer out for bankruptcy. Uh, Trying to do a bankruptcy filing yourself is something that some people try to do, but a very, very difficult process. It really does typically require hiring a lawyer who specializes in bankruptcy. Depending on your personal situation, you may be required under the law to file a Chapter 13, which is a payment plan on your debts, although uh, there are many people who qualify for a straight Chapter 7, which is an erasure of your debts, what they call clean slate bankruptcy. But before you jump into the bankruptcy thing, please check with an NFCC counselor, and then if they tell you, you know, there's nothing they can do for you, you're going to have to look at bankruptcy. Then you proceed. But you only want a bankruptcy specialist, someone who this is what he or she does as a lawyer is his or her specialty. And best of luck to you. Joel? Clark Ralph in Georgia says, I heard you recommend online banks recently. Please tell me what specifically is so good about them, and are there any in particular that you recommend? So with online banks, they don't have all the branch network. Branches are an intensely expensive thing. So they are places that you only do business with online because that's all they got. So they are able to take what they would have spent in overhead and essentially give part of it back to their stockholders and part to you with better deals available on checking, savings, CDs, and potentially credit cards. So that's why the online banks are a great source, is to one online bank to another to another. Um, Usually, if you're just using them for savings, or CDs, they're all pretty much the same, just whoever's offering the best deal. And you can find the current best deals if you go to bankrate.com. And at bankrate.com, first they'll show you the rates from institutions that pay for uh, being prioritized in the listing. Then you go beyond that, and you'll see a wider list that shows you who actually has the best deal. Anybody on there is fully FDIC insured, so your money is safe to a quarter million bucks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Heather's with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Heather, 
um, the job market can have unusual rhythms that really mess up the planning you've done for your future. Tell me about this. Yes, sir. Hi. So nice to speak with you. I have heard your voice since I was a kid. Wow. Um, well, well, thank you for you. being loyal for so long. <laughs> Listen to you for so long, I didn't think I'd ever need to call in with a question. <laughs> um, so my husband was laid off on June 30th, and the company was very generous and gave him a nine-month severance pay. Wow. So Nine yeah, months? Was he yeah, with them for pretty, like nine nice. years or something? <laughs> no, no, only only almost three years, not even three years. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it is. It is. And of course, we had to use, you know, uh, chunks of it to pay for COBRA and other insurance. But it it has been extremely helpful, of course. But with that, and he was out of work for three months. And luckily, he just started a new job with... Um, with almost equal pay. So he will essentially be getting 18 months income in 12 months. And I also have a job, though I'm a contractor, but I have a job also. So between the two of us now, we're going to make too much for our Roth IRA that I've been contributing to all year. So now I need to figure out what can I do without getting, you know, penalized. Okay. Let me think this through. So you're you're over the limit. Yes. So your contributions are going to be disallowed. So right. you can with the if it's a um, if it's a mutual fund company or investment company that knows what it's doing has retirement specialists, they will help you through a process of taking this year's contributions and putting them into this rare, rare animal called a non-deductible IRA. Hmm, okay. Non-deductible IRA means you get no tax deduction like you would with a Roth, but that earnings would ultimately be taxed. But then you may have heard me, as a longtime listener, you may have heard me talk about something known as the backdoor Roth. Yes, sir. So you can take non-deductible IRA money, and then uh, there are a couple other questions I'll ask you to to see if this is really going to work for you. And then okay. move it, um, gosh, almost immediately back into the Roth IRA. I was wondering if that would be allowed. But okay. here's, the, here's the gotcha, the hoop you have to jump through. If, okay. if you have money in a traditional IRA... Yes, I do. Okay. It has to be part of the whole process of moving money <clears throat> into the Roth and paying tax on the gains. Mm, no, I don't think I want to do that. That would be a lot of tax. All right. So Any then. past company 401ks have been put, you know, rolled over into traditional okay. IRAs, and that's where it all lies. All right. So in your case, you could, for lack of a better option, since you've already contributed the money, just have this oddball account called a non-deductible IRA and know that you'll have tax benefit from having uh, tax-sheltered growth over the years, and the only portion you would pay tax on way down the road is the gain in that money, but not the money you've contributed. So it would still have a worthwhile purpose, 
but would be a little bit inferior to a Roth, a little bit inferior to a traditional IRA, but it would be a way to handle this year's situation. When you talk with a retirement specialist at the company where the Roth is, they may um, give you some alternative protocols, and if they seem like a better idea and um, make sense to you, do that. But otherwise, I would go the non-deductible IRA route just for 2020. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.